In a world where there are many sports podcasts, one stands above them all. Three teams, two leagues, one dream. It's Triple Threat with your hosts, Jeremiah, Eric, and Sam. And they only have one question for you. Are you ready for some football? What is up, everyone? It's your boy, back at it again. That was a terrible opening. I'm sorry, please don't kill me. I just feel like being cringe, I guess. Alright, so, you read the title of the video. We are here to talk about the Chiefs. My team can't believe I feel a little bit of disappointment saying they're my team. Well, we're here, so let's go over it. Basically, all we need to know right now is the record's 5-4. and four. They are batting five points, or .566 percentage in terms of wins and losses. They're just over the edge there, number three of four in the AFC West. What can we say what can I say about the Chiefs that hasn't already been said? Besides, Patrick Mahomes is going on a decline this year. Their their defense is completely bogus and nothing about it is correct. And their offense is completely out of sync and the best thing we have is our special teams and that's not saying much. So let's start from there. So Let's just get the let me just get this off my chest. Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is on a decrease. He is on a decline. There's no getting around that. But I will say, every great quarterback went through their decline. The f- the only person I can really equate Mahomes to at this point is Brett Favre. A guy who could go 3 years in a row without, you know, throwing more than 10 picks the all 3 years and then going to his 4th year 1 year later and throwing 20 picks in a season. I mean, the man is a Hall of Famer and he literally holds the record for most interceptions in your career. He has the most career interceptions out of any quarterback ever. And he is considered to be one of the greats if not the best. So that's why I'm equating Mahomes to let me say this, Mahomes is 26 to 27, whereas most quarterbacks go through the decline around their early 30s. So at least if this is his only year of decline, which it might not be, he might have another one down the road. But at least he's getting it out of the way right now. And I'll give you one big reason why I believe he's having his decline, and that is because he is shaky in the pocket. Now, as most Kansas City fans think and know, Mahomes kind of got killed in the Super Bowl by the Bucks' defense. Not only was it the number one ranked defense in the entire league, or at least if it wasn't, it should have been, and it was at least in the top three, but also the fact that his O-line was in shreds and they were playing rookies that had never touched the field in their career. And now, all of a sudden, they've reconstructed it, 
basically built it back from the ground up. They've added two seasoned veterans, a second-year player, and who doesn't have very much experience in that side. Actually, you know what? I take it back. They signed a veteran player in Joe Thune, who's actually been doing great, and I'm happy to say that, because I was worried, because usually when Bill Belichick wants to get rid of a player, he knows why. But it looks like Joe Thune still has... Joe Tooney, whatever you want to call him, still has some gas left in the tank at offensive guard. However, then you have Orlando Brown, who has never really played tackle. He's good at tackle, but he's never really played the position until now. And especially not at a, you know, starting level. And so, and then you just have, let's see... Let's just think about this. They have an entire reconstructed line. You have Joe Thune at right guard, and you have Orlando Brown. Well, no. I'm sorry. Back it up. You have Orlando Brown. Yes, I'm sorry. I was correct. You have Joe Thune at right guard. You have Joe Thu- You have uh, Orlando Brown at right tackle. And then you start three first years. I'm going to put that in quotations. Since you can't see that, I'm going to tell you. I'm putting this in quotations because Lucas Niang, as everyone knows, is technically a second year but didn't play last year because he opted out. So therefore, he's a technical first-year player. But you're pretty much starting rookies on the left side is basically what I'm getting at. And even if you switch it around, you're starting rookies on the right side. You've got Creed Humphrey at center, a really good player out of Oklahoma. He was a great center. I looked at some of his footage. The dude is a monster. It was a really good pickup. I believe they got him in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember if he went before or after Nick Bolton. Also, I have a lot of good things to say about Nick Bolton. But, I digress. You got your center, Creed Humphrey. Dude's a beast. Dude's an animal for a rookie. Then you have, I believe, Lucas Niang. And then... Crap. Why am I blanking? I had it. It was on the tip of my tongue. See, Joe Thune, Orlando Brown, Lucas Niang, Creed Humphrey. Why am I bl- why am I blanking on the last guy? I don't know why I'm blanking on the last guy, guys. I'm sorry, that's my bad. But anyway, you're playing three rookies out of five players. Technically, I would count Orlando Brown as a rookie because he played, what, four games last season for the Ravens whenever they drafted him? The dude has been benched underneath Ronnie Stanley until he got injured, and then he played a few games, and then they benched him. And now they've traded him to us, so basically you're starting four of five newbies. Four out of five of your new offensive line that is rebuilt is noobs, pretty much. Not literal noobs, but like new players either rookies or second years or yeah pretty much rookies and second years aside from Joe Thune and you know what they've been doing good I'm not afraid to say it they've been doing phenomenal for rookies and second years but if you look at what happened in the Super Bowl you have Mahomes who did not have a good O-line to sit behind you have the fact that he just got out of surgery for turf toe, so he's still kind of, you know, he's still kind of rocky when it comes to his feet. 
Sorry, guys. But you put all that together, and you have a quarterback who is not comfortable in the pocket that he has and is still trying to grow confidence with his linemen. See, whenever they had Mitchell Schwartz, and they also had Eric Fisher, and then they also had LDT, who apparently they traded. I don't understand why. They sent him to the Jets. Which makes me sad. I liked LDT. Um, and then you had Austin Raider at center. And... I mean, Andrew Riley... Andrew Wiley is a backup. He has been. But he plays okay. So I consider him, an, you know, a missing piece. But... Basically, when you go from linemen that literally have been pro bowlers to a new line that has one pro bowler and four rookies and second, two rookies and two second years and a pro bowler, chances are Mahomes isn't going to be that comfortable in the pocket. And the fact that this O-line is still going through some flukes, they're still letting people through the line too early, allowing Mahomes to have to throw off balance allowing him to get chased a lot. Can you really blame the man for throwing 10 interceptions? I mean, granted, half of those, I believe, were dumb. They were off-balance throws. It was one of those things where he should have just ditched the ball to the left, maybe taken the intentional grounding, maybe not. But he's forcing passes, and at least the football is hitting off his receivers... So that means he's on target. But the thing is, that's another thing. The Chiefs receivers are ticking me off. Josh Gordon needs to play more. Do I think he's going to be that big of a deal? No. Byron Pringle, he's a great kick returner. Put him on the field for more plays. The man has hands. McCole Hardman, give that man some stickum or bench him. He... This man has no hands whatsoever. He had some of the most clutch plays in 2019 and 2020. And now, all of a sudden, he's been downgraded to nothing. I mean, I have high hopes for McCole Hardman. But the problem is, he can't catch. And I mean... And then Tyreek. Tyreek... The first start of the season really ticked me off because he kept fumbling. But you know what? The man has grown a pair, and he's holding on to it, and he's doing all right. He's averaging non-cheetah numbers, but he's doing okay. And Travis Kelsey, it pains me to hate to see him play. Sometimes I wish they played Blake Bell instead of Kelsey because at least Blake Bell can catch the dang ball. And I'm going to get hated on by a lot of Chiefs fans, including Mom. Sorry, Mom. But I... You guys don't know how bad it hurts to talk about Kelsey this way. The man is a top... He's the best tight end in the league right now. His stats may not show it, but the last couple years alone prove he's the best tight end in the league. Maybe even in history. He had the best tight end season. What was it, last season? Yeah, he had the best tight end season out of any tight end in history. 
That includes Tony G. That includes Antonio Gates. That includes a lot of people, like Mike Ditka. I mean, he had one of the greatest seasons of all time. He had the greatest record-breaking tight end season for receiving yards in history. And then he moves on to this season and what? I guess when he cut off his beard, the beard gives him power. Because apparently once he shaved that off, he can't catch a dang ball. Now would it help the, if Mahomes targeted him more? Yes. But here's the thing. He's getting limited targets because he can't catch. He had one touchdown against the Packers. And you know what? He didn't have... He had the only touchdown that the Chiefs got that last night. And you know what? He didn't get another... He didn't reel in another catch until what? The end of the third, wasn't it? I believe it was the end of the third quarter where he didn't actually catch another one. He got thrown to four more times after that touchdown. And then he couldn't haul any of them in. And then Mahomes chanced him at the last seconds... In the last seconds of the third quarter. And he caught the ball for what? 15 yards? Here's the thing. Either Kansas City is not going hard enough in practice, or we are declining as a team. And the running backs. Holy crap, the running backs. I have nothing bad to say about our running backs. Well, I will say one thing. Can we please bench Daryl Williams? Because honestly... I'm sorry. Daryl Williams is good. For the price we got him in the draft, fine. I'm good with Daryl Williams. Clyde, love the dude. He is a great running back. How is it that a 2020... That a player from the 2020 draft who went undrafted, got signed by the Chargers, got released, and picked up by Kansas City is doing better than a first overall pick running back and a third overall pick running back. Someone explain that to me. Because Derek Gore was going off for a little bit and then they limited his carries. Heck, just form a freaking... You know what I would do? Make an arrow shape out of the entire line. That's what I'd do. I'd do a bit of a curve kind of make it look like an arrow shape, kind of like poking out, and then hand it off to Derek Gore and have the classic front block because he cannot go side to side. Go straight up the middle, that's fine. He has prospered so much. And all of a sudden he's getting benched. I'm sorry. Derek Gore is the only running back on our team that I can remember who hasn't fumbled and who has had phenomenal rushing games for us I mean the man's put up ridiculous numbers and this was an undrafted free agent so running back wise I'd say bench Darrell Williams put in Derek Gore and just run it up the gut I mean the dude's a beast now defense what can I say that hasn't already been said you know what? 
we get too much crap for our linemen or for our linebackers, you know? People say our linebackers are our worst quality or our worst quality position. And the people that believe that are stone cold liars who didn't watch the last three weeks because in all their faults, you have two amazing linebackers that are on the field right now. We run a three, we run a four, three, two, two out of three of those linebackers are doing phenomenal. And if Melvin Ingram ever gets healthy, we can replace Ben Neiman with him. And I think our linebackers are probably going to be our best positions. Like, no offense to Frank Clark or Derek Naughty or even Chris Jones, but our linebacking core can be juiced. We have a rookie in Nick Bolton, second-round pick. I believe he was number 54 overall out of Mizzou. The dude is a legend. That man makes open field tackles, he makes plays, and he's a rookie. He is... He had to take up the mantle of middle linebacker whenever... Oh, crap. I can't even remember the our middle linebacker's name anymore. That's how good he is. I'm, in my brain, it's always been Nick Bolton. But, I mean, he had to take over middle linebacker duties as a rookie. And the man is actually doing good. Like, he's doing as good as a rookie can. The man was defensive player of the month. Last month, in October, he was defensive player of the month. What more do you want? And Willie Gay. Holy crap. I know it's New York. I know it's the Giants, who actually just beat the Raiders last night. What was it, 30-16, to 16, I believe? Or 34-16. to 16. I know it's Daniel Jones, who really likes throwing interceptions. But Willie Gay kept us in that game. The man batted down passes. He picked Daniel Jones at least once. The only thing that's dragging down our linebacking core is Ben Neiman. So, to all you people that say that our linebackers are our worst quality position, have you watched a recent game? No offense. But our linebackers aren't the worst thing. I'll tell you what our worst thing is. Our worst thing is Steve Spagnola running the secondary like it's a blitzing secondary. He's he's running the safeties like they're blitzing safeties, and he's running our corners like they're man-to-man corners. They're not. True, Tyron Matthew is versatile as crap, and I love him for it. I have nothing bad to say about Tyron Matthew except the fact that he keeps blaming Dan Sorensen for everything, which I understand because Dan can't freaking cover. Dan Sorensen, if you're going to blitz, that's the guy you want in. If you want to play coverage zone with the safety, you don't put in Dan Sorensen. The man has no hands. He's not fast enough. The dude can get through a line so easily. Cuts through it like butter. But he can't cover to save his life. That is the point where you put in Juan Thornhill, who actually is a third year, who actually has some confident competence and confidence in coverage. Tyran, love him to death, great addition. He's a little bit of a de- he's on a little bit of a decline, which I don't blame. 
but come on. Steve, get your head screwed on straight. Blitz with Sorensen. If you're going to blitz, blitz with Sorensen. If you're going to play coverage with your safeties, put in Thornhill. And then there's our, there's our corners. And this man is obsessed with running a man blitz with our corners playing up. Steve, our corners do not, we do not have the speed anymore. We lost Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters was probably our fastest. Was he the most penalized? Yes. He was one of the most penalized cornerbacks whenever he played for the Chiefs. And that's why we got rid of him. He also had temper tantrums. Same thing with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I'm not comparing Marcus Peters to Jalen Ramsey, although at one point they were about equal. But what I am going to do is say that Marcus Peters was a fast corner that could keep up with receivers. Versus now, who's our best corner? I'd argue it's Legereus Sneed, who was a second-round pick in 2020. Or maybe he was a fourth. I can't remember. He was a low pick. And this man went out here, and he can play man-to-man. He's fast enough. He's agile enough. He will play the ball in the air. But for... But for all our sakes, for fans' sakes, Steve Spagnola, Traverius Ward, and Rashad Fenton, and Mike Hughes cannot play man-to-man coverage. Zone? Yes, I'm fine with zone. Leave them in their areas. They can lurk. I'm fine with that. Traverius Ward does not have hands, but he can play the ball in the air and bat it down. Same thing with Dan Sorensen. Traverius Ward and Dan Sorensen... I'd even say that Traverius Ward is a blitzing corner. He's not even a freaking zone corner. He's a blitzer. Him and Dan Sorensen should be up front going after the QB. Mike Hughes is a zone coverage guy. He did that all the time whenever he was with Minnesota playing alongside Harrison Smith. I mean, that's another zone guy. The only man corner... Man-to-man corner we have is Legereus Sneed, from what I've seen. Rashad Fenton, jury's still out. I haven't seen enough of him. We play Mike Hughes more than we do him. We play Traverius Ward more than we do him. We even play Legereus Sneed more than we do him. But the fact of the matter is, Rashad Fenton, if you put him out on the field, could actually do something. Put him in zone, he might be able to get a pick. I don't know. It could happen. (coughs) Sorry, guys. I'm just getting some stuff off my chest. I'm venting. Very much so. What is the best thing that's coming out of this whole whole decline of Kansas City? Hold on, guys. I'm going to (laughs) sneeze. Excuse me. I'm sorry, guys. Sneezed on mic. It's my bad. Anyway, what is the best thing that's coming out of this Chiefs year, of this season so far? The biggest thing I will say, we've gotten rid of all the bandwagoners. Of course, most of them went to Tampa Bay whenever we lost. But we've pretty much lost all our bandwagoners, and the only people that are staying here are Chiefs fans, like true born Chiefs fans. No matter if they love or hate the play that we're, the play that the players are, you know, you know what I mean. I'm stuttering. It's late. 
but you know, it's nice to see the community again. You know, after we won 2019-2020, after we won Super Bowl 54, we had a lot of bandwagon cheese fans. Heck, I went to high school. I was sophomore, junior. I think I was a junior. Yeah. No? Yeah. I would have been either a junior or a senior whenever they went to the Super Bowl. I believe I was a senior. No? No? Wait. Sorry, guys. My brain is just all over the place. I believe I was a senior whenever they went to the Super Bowl, played the Niners, and won 34-20, I might add. And I remember going to school after that and wearing my Chiefs cap that I had bought for that season because I had forgotten to buy one in 2018. And I remember getting pulled aside by a lot of or getting looked at by a lot of people and having them ask, are you a bandwagoner or how long have you cared for the Chiefs? How long have you been a Chiefs fan or are you just another one of those bandwagoners? That's kind of insulting to me. I'm not one of those guys that's easily triggered, but when it comes to football, heck yeah, I will throw down. If you talk trash about any player that is honestly not doing bad and you just want to let off some steam because you quote-unquote hate that player and the way they play, heck yeah, I'll throw down. I don't give a crap. I've never been in a fight, but hey, it's not too late to start one now. But it's one of those things that ticks me off whenever I get asked if I'm a bandwagoner or if I'm an actual red you know, if my veins run with red, white, and gold. They do. I have probably been a fan of the Chiefs since the Matt Castle days, and that is sad for me to say. I was raised a Chiefs fan. I was raised a Chiefs and a Cardinals fan. At a time where those were two of the worst franchises in the NFL, aside from the Browns and the Jets and the Lions. So, yeah. The only thing you'll find in my veins when it comes to football, I am unbiased as crap when it comes to my podcast. I will not talk, I will not hold the Chiefs over any other team when it comes to the podcast unless I'm talking about the Chiefs in general. And then I will point out their pros, but I will also point out their cons what their problems are, but what they're doing correctly. You won't find any bias on my podcast. Hopefully. I probably shouldn't say that, because there probably is some somewhere. On the other hand, outside of the podcast, I am a red-blooded cheese fan. My veins are filled with red, white, and gold. They have been since I, since I knew enough about football since I knew about football, since my mom started, or since my mom sat down and watched it with us. Am I a Cardinals fan too? Yeah, I love Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins is one of my favorite wide receivers, and you know what? Even before that, Fitz, Kirk. Great. And I miss Kenyon Drake. Sucks. 
these are truthful. These are truthful answers. Am I biased? Off the podcast, yes. Is there going to be biased things that I say in the podcast? Maybe to you. Do I try to stay unbiased for the podcast's sake? Absolutely. I try my hardest. I will give my opinion, definitely. But I leave the cards on the table for you guys to decide. I'm not going to enforce an ideal in your guys' head. That's the biggest thing. But yeah, special teams, I have nothing bad to say. Harrison Butker, butt kicker's always been good. The dude's a legend. One of the greater kickers in the NFL. Some would argue the greatest. I believe so. Just because Justin Tucker nailed a 69-yard field goal, also nice. But also, the dude literally got it off a fluke. They should it should have been an it should have been a false start, but you know it's whatever. Water under the bridge, line should have won it. It's whatever. Anywho, but in my opinion, Harrison Butker, best kicker in the NFL. If you've got a better kicker in mind, that's fine. I get it. Some people like Zerline. Some people like Tucker. Some people still like Crosby, even though he sucked last night. <clears throat> you know, you have your favorites. So, you know. But anyway, guys, that's just me kind of venting. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this outrageously long episode compared to the others. Unless you've listened to our earlier content. Hopefully you guys find this somewhat interesting. And honestly, that's all I got. Um, Things are looking up. Hopefully the Chiefs keep going how they're going. They're on a two-game win streak. Hopefully nothing happens. Something's bound to happen. So, see you guys. Don't forget to keep God number one. See you in another one. Peace.